Yo, this is BJ Gador with the BJ Gador Podcast. In today's episode, we are talking about sumo, the training, the diet, the lifestyle, the culture. And I was inspired to do this podcast because I just watched this incredible new Japanese series on Netflix called Sanctuary, described as a tough, desperate kid becomes a sumo wrestler, captivating fans with his cocky attitude and upsetting an industry steeped in tradition. This is on Netflix now. Season two, I think, is going to take about a year to develop, but it's eight episodes, all under an hour, and I'll, I'll tell you where I was first kind of blown away with the series is it's got one of the most beautiful introductions, show intros I've ever seen. Just, it's so stylized, and it's just so epic, and you know, if you're a fan of wrestling or you played, you know, uh, a kind of a combat sport, if you will, or, uh, you know, I guess football, rugby, and I guess if you're into MMA, this will also be really interesting to you as well. But, you know, sumo culture uh, has always kind of fascinated me, and this really kind of opens the doors to it in, in a really unique way. Now, if you're not into <laughs> sumo, I'm going to talk about the benefits or how you, the takeaways, if you will, that can apply to your training and just kind of your overall approach to fitness, uh, you know, because one thing that just struck me, you're seeing these huge bodies, typically, you know, all over 200 pounds, but some of these guys, you know, 300, 400, even 500 pounds, and some of the most insane squat hit, squat or indoor hip mobility I've ever seen, you know, especially for that size, and then also just the balance, and, you know, what this also did too, as is, is I'm, I'm really into you know, discipline, you know, that's part of why I like fitness so much, man. Like, I, I love discipline, and I love to study different disciplines. And, you know, it was kind of a behind the scenes of what the actual training looks like, you know, what the, the culture, lifestyle looks like. And, uh, man, I was just kind of blown away by it. You know, whether you, you uh, are as blown away by that, the series as I am, you know, uh, th- there are some key takeaways I'm going to kind of break down for you. But I definitely recommend watching this show uh, and then go watch some YouTube videos, too, on just sumo wrestling and kind of seeing these guys in action. It, it's really just remarkable. But, you know, like I talked about, uh, you know, for me personally, maybe why it resonated so much. Uh, for those, by the way, are new to this podcast, I always have to remember, like, a lot of people that come in, this might be your first episode. Uh, my name is BJ Gador. I'm the former fitness director for the Men's Health brand and the author of Your Body's Your Barbell and my brand new book, the Ultimate Push-Up Guide, now available on Amazon as a Kindle or paperback, either $10 or $20, based on which of those you're choosing. Obviously, the, the print uh, is more expensive, but it's the Ultimate Push-Up Guide. Yeah, if you're looking to grow your chest at home and develop next-level upper body strength, I have a five-level progression system for that, taking you from ground zero on the knees all the way to superhero with advanced variations, world-class variations like Superman push-ups, single-arm push-ups, and handstand push-ups. I can't recommend it highly enough, and the reviews have come in initially, and they, they, they've been great. So be sure to check it out. And, you know, obviously, uh, you know, those that do know me, they know my background as, you know, I was a football player, uh, was able to play in college, at Amherst College, and I was a lineman. I ended up only playing uh, defensive lineman in college, but I, I played both ways, uh, middle school, high school, uh, actually, you know, I, I went to a small uh, college preparatory uh, private school, University of School Milwaukee, uh, on scholarship, and 
um, we had a really, we didn't have many guys. Like some of the, our teams were like 15 to 20 guys. So I, I would, you know, I wouldn't leave the field. I would do both all special teams, offense and defense. And, um, I was a lineman. So, you know, the lifestyle of, I, it really resonates with me because I know what it's like. I grew up in this environment where you literally, it's, it's, it's kind of man on man. You get down in a stance and there's someone right across from you and you see what happens. And it's a combination of physical and mental strength required to do that particular position. It's an unsung hero position. No one talks about the lineman. There's no stats unless uh, you count holding. All right. They, they really only get note, uh, notice when they make a mistake. Um, you know, so it's, it's grunt work. Uh, it, it requires incredible uh, lower body strength and stamina to do it correctly. And, um, you know, a big part of why I am where I am today in terms of, you know, football allowed me to go to a school like Amherst College. Uh, I had good grades, but not, not good enough to stand out among like the elite intelligence level that most people have going to a school like that at the time, the number one liberal arts school in the country. I met my wife there, also my business partner. Uh, so, you know, it unlocked a lot of things for me. I also dealt with a lot of injuries particularly for the knees. And that's one thing that really stood out in this too is uh, though they have incredible uh, mobility, uh, the knees for this type of activity are like, you know, there's some back pain, but really the knees are the Achilles heel of, you know, a sport like sumo or for, uh, for linemen, you know, it really becomes like, you know, what, what, what cuts careers short or just, you know, uh, ends up being the situation outside of, you know, when you retire, you know, one thing I looked at too is the uh, the life expectancy of the average sumo wrestler because the body mass is incredible. After retirement, uh, sumo wrestlers' bodies begin to catch up with them. They suffer from stroke, diabetes, heart, bone, and joint problems. The sumo wrestlers' life expectancy is between 60 and 65 years old, about 20 years shorter than the life expectancy of a typical Japanese male. Uh, I, I believe our life expectancy right now is, what, 75 uh, in America, I'm not exactly sure, but uh, regardless, you know, there's a cost to it, just like there's a cost to be a lineman, like, you know, because it's one of those things, like, you're, you're trying to get as much body mass as possible, there's no aesthetics, you know what I'm saying, like, that's where I started, and, you know, what, what struck me too is, as I'm watching this, you know, in a different life, I would have been probably a really good sumo wrestler, I'm not saying how far I would have gone in it, to achieve what is, by the way, like, I didn't know this either, if you are a WWF or what became WWE fan, uh, you know, 80s, 90s, you might remember Yokozuna, the wrestler. Uh, and I, I, I didn't know Yokozuna, actually, it's the highest rank you can achieve in sumo. You know, so, and there aren't that many uh, Yokozunas all time. And uh, so you can kind of research that, Google it, study that as well. But uh, that's a little fun fact. But, you know, I was able, quickly identified about 14, man, like, um, I had some some good natural strength, and um, I was a bigger kid naturally, just resting. I, I, I was, you know, I, I knew quickly that I was just going to be one of those men that was just going to always be above two hundred pounds unless something terrible happened to me health wise. I just had the, you know, the bone uh, density, just the overall frame, and uh, just also genetics uh, and and that type of thing. You know, half Austrian, and uh, you know, my mom is tall and big very overweight, but you know, she's like five, she was like five eleven at her peak. My father's over six feet. Um, so, uh, you know, I just, and, and, and I also noticed too, like there was a period of time from 
when I was 16 to 17, sophomore to junior in high school, I gained, um, you know, over a hundred pounds, went from about 160 to 275 in a year. You know, I had some stretch marks, <laughs> uh, as well with that, but it was a combination of just like, you know, puberty hormones, um, but also eating insane amounts of food and doing a lot of strength training, you know, bench, squat, deadlift, clean, uh, not much of anything else. Um, it set me on a path to become really big and strong, but really immobile. And, uh, you know, two, four knee surgeries, two on each knee. By the time I was 22, it actually ended my uh, football career early uh, in my senior season as a, as a quad captain. And, and you know, I've had a kind of lasting legacy with that uh, regret, uh, wishing I didn't emphasize load so much and focus more on mobility and stability and balance and just good form and technique. But regardless of that, I mean, some of the injuries I had in the football field, like, you know, I blew up my MCL um, because I, I, I took a knee. Uh, I'm sorry, someone chop locked my knee and uh, I blew up my, my other knee, uh, my senior season and, and it was actually preseason of my senior season. I was so ready to fucking kill it in college, my senior year. And uh, in preseason, I took on a double team block. My my kind of cleats got caught in the grass, and my knee went the wrong way. And I just heard all this pop, this big pop, and a bunch of cartilage broke off in my knee. And uh, again, I don't want to get into all that. I've done podcasts before on my 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 knee struggles, but um, again, this just this really resonated with me. If you're if you ever played on the line and you knew what that was like to to you know like there, I was telling my wife as she watched it with me. There was uh, we used to have this drill in football called the pit, and you'd set up two of these tackling dummies, you know, uh, with about a maybe a three yard spacing between them, uh, you know, parallel to your bodies, and then two guys would get down in their stance, head to head, helmet to helmet, and the whole team would hold a cargo net above them, so you had to stay low. You you came up, you get caught in the net, and. You'd wait for the whistle, everyone's screaming, and the person who wins drives the other person outside of the tackling dummies or the pit. And, uh, you know, I've been on both sides of that where uh, you get kind of humiliated in front of your friends, coaches. Um, and I've also been on the other side where you just, you literally drive someone out of the pit, pancake them, you land on top of them, and you look down at them as you land on top of them, and you see their eyes and just the expression on their face when you completely manhandle someone. Um, it's a great thrill if you're kind of into, uh, you know, competition, physicality, and, uh, there was nothing more thrilling just than just to pancake someone. I got really good at it. Like I was really good at staying low, firing out and using my combination of body mass and, uh, and leg drive to just move people all, all over the football field. And, and I could do it. Um, you know, I, I wasn't, you know, uh, you know, 225 to 235 is kind of a, a resting kind of weight for me uh, to be super strong without having to do too, many, too much crazy stuff. But like to get up to 275, like I did my senior year in college, again, I rest now about like 210, 215, um, 6'2 for some perspective there. But I had to eat like six, eight times a day to, to get to that way to maintain it. Um, you know, because there's a good amount of activity and uh, it's difficult to maintain that body mass. And then you'll see in this series, you know, the, from an eating standpoint, like these guys don't eat, uh, like eating is part of the training. They, they, they speed eat, 
my wife was like, I think they're eating as fast as they can so they don't realize they get full. Because there's like a 20-minute, 15 to 20-minute delay uh, from brain to belly when you notice that like you're, you're too full. So they, they almost eat as if they're trying to beat that window so they can stuff themselves with as many calories as possible. Because again, body mass matters. It is one of those things like being shredded and fit in the traditional sense that we know it um, doesn't really help you too much against uh, someone who's 300 plus pounds. And I was able to you know be only 275 and go up against uh, on the defensive line, at least, and go up against, you know, guys 300 plus pounds and, and still be able to like bull rush them, pancake them, um, but also get around them with, with more speed and quickness. Um, and again, it, it is so much about leverage and just being willing to just get low and stay low. Uh, you know, the low man wins is the big, uh, you know, thing we talk about. That's why I'm a big fan of sled training, even though, you know, much like uh, Bruce Lee says about uh, a classic, like when someone bro- broke a board to kind of intimidate him, you know, board no fight back right it's the uh the sled does not fight back um like like another human being does so there's a lot of uh, there's a lot in the line you know uh and these matches can be really quick uh or they can last a while in, in terms of the the battling uh for position and grabbing each other's you know they have the special type of i guess you would you would consider underwear uh that you can grab and grip on and um and again you know there's so much to talk about, so I, I really recommend you see it. So you can study these movements, but um, yeah, I, I definitely could have been good at sumo because I'm able to eat a lot, have a big appetite, and I can grow and build muscle, and I can stay mobile and quick even uh, with a lot of body fat accumulating on my body. So it's just it's, it's just interesting um, how much it resonated with me. But again, the applications in terms of how I approach, uh, you know. You know, ongoing too. Like I'm going to be bringing in some of the stuff I saw to our mobility practice and Future Express and Gorilla Corn Gains workouts that we have at thedailybj.com. By the way, new listeners, free trial to our monthly Express programming, which is fast, fun, and effective twenty minute workouts for busy parents and professionals. Full body focus, three workouts a week, only twenty minutes each. And the workouts uh, they start at a base level and they get progressively more difficult over the course of the year that you can jump in anytime because we're always showing regressions, modifications, etc. And gorilla corn gains is just my you know, more advanced, right? There's a, we, we do just not fat loss, full body programming, but we have a more advanced muscle gain focus where you combine, uh, express workouts with, you know, upper body, lower body or core focused workouts too for 40 minutes total. Uh, so just, if you're aware of that, but you'll be seeing a, a lot more sumo style, Mobility drills uh, to finish off the second half of the year for us at the time of recording this. And uh, I, I, this was a good inspiration for it, a good reminder as well. Because I used to spend a lot of time, you know, lately I've been doing so much focus on closer stance kind of squat mobility. A lot of heels elevated as well to help uh, get more, uh, you know, hip, ankle, knee mobility in general. More knee resilience uh, prepping for the, the type of squatting practice, but I've moved away a bit from the wider stance, or if you will, the sumo stance, which is um, a lot of time you, people are familiar with like a sumo. Sometimes they call it a sumo squat. Uh, you know, anytime you pick something off the ground, I consider that a deadlift, no matter what your trunk position is. So, um, you know, sumo deadlifts are very popular. Uh, and what I've noticed as I've started to do some more uh, sumo mobility work uh, since watching this series is how important it is for, um, you know, like when you go wide stance, it's really mostly about hip mobility and particularly the adductors. And when I hurt my lower back about a year ago filming 
an exercise for the dailybj.com with just a 25 pound dumbbell. And it wasn't that movement. It was a variety of things that happened, just some tightness I had in the morning and just, you know, or all of the years up into that of heavy squatting and deadlifting, uh, you know, coming to roost, if you will, uh, if that's a fucking expression, I don't know. What am I going to do sometimes with the way I speak? He's 40. But um, I noticed as I started to do some more wider stand stuff, oh, my adductors are tighter than they, maybe not necessarily than they used to be, uh, but probably because I used to do so much powerlifting style squatting and deadlifting. Um, that that, that kind of was, because I always had knee pain and tight ankles. So you can bypass uh, ankle mobility and you can take pressure off the knees and shift it to the hips more with a wider stance, but it requires incredible groin or adductor mobility. And uh, I, I'm quickly starting to get some of that back. And I can tell also it's it's taking away tension in my lower back. And that's, you know, people usually think, oh, tight hamstrings or tight glutes, but adductors or your groin, um, tightness there can really create some problems for your lumbar spine or lower back. So I felt some immediate relief uh, working on that. And you know, one of the things that uh, struck me right away in terms of like what's a big part of the sumo lifestyle, there's something called Chico. And, you know, it's basically where the, the sumo wrestlers will squat down, oftentimes doing a little bit of a bounce with a wide stance, toes out. And, you know, wide, I mean outside shoulder width. And they'll then uh, raise their legs and then stomp the ground repeatedly. And it's meant to scare bad spirits away that may be hiding in the doyo, uh, which is uh, what they refer to it as. And, and there's a, you know, a circle and just kind of the training area in which they perform um, the competition uh, indoor, just they have separate kind of uh it's funny too, that they have uh, the coat. It's basically the coach's name. And in the case of like the main character here, his coach was named Ensho and uh, he has the Ensho stable. And it's just, the stable means like, these are the uh, they have X number of sumo wrestlers that 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 uh, compete um, through that gym. They live there. They sleep together on the floor. They they do all the training together. They kind of go through this incredible like they, they go through also just the the there's like a lot of uh, I guess you would call it toxic masculinity or misogyny um, in sumo culture that they try to tackle uh, with a a woman reporter trying to come through and study that initially not being accepted, but then getting the opportunity to kind of learn about sumo and just how beautiful um, the lifestyle and culture and discipline is. Um, but also like there's a lot of hazing of younger sumos um, from the older ones. Um, that dynamic, which we all, we're all familiar with, you play competitive athletics. If you're a freshman, uh, man, it's not fun dealing with the juniors or seniors, even sophomores, because the sophomores had just gone through the freshman hazing, right? So they're just, they, they're, 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 all, they're just, they feel a type of way it's recent and they love to just kind of flip the script and do it to you. Uh, but I was never a big fan of that personally. Um, it happened to me, people would, you know, uh, you know, they try to really just kind of destroy you out there on the field, uh, get in your, get inside your mind, talk a lot of shit. It make, I remember they used to make fun of me a lot because my, my voice had changed and, uh, they thought I was faking my voice or I'd walk around, um, you know, they'd accuse me of walking around flexing, you know, just, there's all these things you deal with um, when you're younger and you're trying to like catch up with the older guys. And, you know, I, it wasn't all the guys. And I, that's why I was so appreciative of an older guy that would like try to be helpful instead of make fun of you or denigrate you or, you know, try to uh, haze you or bring you down. 
Um, and I, when I approached becoming a senior or a captain, um, I always tried to lead by example. I'd never try to denigrate my teammates, be accessible if they need me, but really lead by example. I didn't do as much vocalizing. Um, it was really just, you know, let me just, uh, if I'm going to be this person, I'm going to live the life and I'm going to really just, uh, you know, show it and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, do it, you know, walk the walk, uh, not just talk the talk. So, you know, it goes through that as well, but Shiko is this exercise, right? So it, it has a, a spiritual component, but it's also kind of what they do to warm up. Uh, it's what they do before they actually uh, compete in their quote unquote ring or dohyo. And uh, hopefully I'm saying these things right. I apologize if I'm not, uh, but um, these sumo wrestlers will do at least 100 to 300 reps per day of this drill. And uh, sometimes up to 1,000. And you do a couple reps, okay, no big deal. But like, what, what struck me is, you know, just the incredible amount of high volume deep squatting and then the leg lifting really works the hip flexors, the abductors or the outer hips, stretches the adductors and, and the way there's this kind of weight shifting that has to go uh, from one leg to the other as you pick up the other leg. And just like, you know, just Google Chico. Chico Sumo, uh, two words, Google that. And you'll see like some of these like 500 pound guys. Uh, and by the leg lift can be with the knee bent and they oftentimes will, will take the same side arm and kind of grab the lower hamstring to assist with the lift. Uh, but, uh, the, the, the real like insane mobility beasts out there doing this, you know, they can completely lift the leg straight out to the side and balance on the other leg. And it's just so impressive. Like, uh, and I mean this in the most positive way. It just, it's like, it's just like a mobility beast because usually, and you see it in America, uh, when people get really overweight or are, if they're, uh, 300, 400, 500 pounds, they have terrible mobility, no mobility. And oftentimes, um, in American football linemen, you know, that that's like their big, uh, shortcoming when they get so much body mass, um, or they have poor conditioning. Uh, so, you know, when you can see someone so with such large body mass gets so deep, deeper than uh, a, a quote unquote thin person or a person uh, with a appropriate body weight for their size. It really blows me away. And, and again, uh, they, they weren't necessarily chiseled, but they have huge, uh, huge legs and ass. And they're, they're certainly, you know, there's, they're, you see in the, in the, in their, their gym, their version of a gym, there, sometimes there are some weights or, you know, conditioning equipment, uh, but mostly it's, it's body weight stuff. You know, I, I wrote the book, your body's your barbell. And then obviously the push-up guide, like I'm a huge advocate of body weight training. That's what I missed, uh, at my start of, of my fitness journey, um, is I didn't build a body weight base and I was pushed right into the kind of the, the classic powerlifting style for football training. And, uh, I wish I could have done the opposite because I've been spending the last several decades, decades fixing all of the imbalances and injuries that went from that, from skipping that, those foundational steps. And again, a lot of it too, if your body is your barbell, a big body is a big barbell. And that's why, you know, in some cases, again, like if you're really naturally small and thin, it will be difficult for you to build like a lot of muscle mass with your body weight, unless you have a really intelligently designed progressive body weight training system, uh, that, that gives you that progressive overload. You're not just doing the same old push up for, uh, you know, hundreds of reps, you're progressing to feet elevated or, you know, uh, the single arm progression so that you're actually building strength, not just stamina endurance. And, and that can 
be uh, you know critical in getting you know more and more size and strength. But you know, it, it just gave me some. It's like it's almost like the Japanese lineman life, you know, because um, it, it's so similar. And, and the stances, the way you get down, um, there's similarities there in terms of how you know you got to get low, you got to fire out, you got to immediately start to use your hands to gain leverage. Uh, but you can never stop the leg drive. Uh, but they have, uh, because of, of of the circle format and their, their individual rules, like, and I was blown away too. I didn't know this, but uh, they can slap. And, and there's actually there's like this incredible video where like you can't you can't punch, but you can open open hand slap. And uh, there's some incredible like one slap knockouts because again these guys are coming out. Like what struck me too is the impact sounds. Of their their shirtless, um, and they just fire out, and their their skin and their body just slaps, and you see the reverberations. You almost see the impact. Um, so you know these slaps completely knock out these guys, and um, you, there's a lot of hip tossing, which would be holding in foot in American football. You can't do that. Um, and uh, there's so much of this. They get to these stalemates, and that sometimes they'll fight for minutes, and these stalemates grabbing. Um, I, I forget the I, the name of it, but um, I, I don't take offense uh, as I, all I can say is just underwear, or just the, the the garb that they have around their uh, their hips, uh, gripping and grabbing, and they're on their toes. Three, four hundred, five hundred pound guys on their toes, grabbing, gripping, and and just uh, fighting. So they they have incredibly strong feet and toes, and uh, almost everything is done barefoot. No surprise there because you're barefoot in the ring, but um, it just lends itself to, you know, just, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, uh, the feet are where the rubber meets the road. And, uh, you know, in football, you have to wear cleats and stuff. So you don't develop the level of, of, uh, and all the training is, is, or all the lineman work tends to be with shoes on. You don't do any barefoot lineman work. Uh, just, I never did. It just wasn't part of our training process. I wish it was because uh, I feel like that was a big part of why I developed so many neat, issues as well because you don't get as much mobility stability and strength through the toes the 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 foot and the ankle and that can lead to a lot of knee issues so um you know there's just a lot of takeaways but um i was kind of blown away with that practice and they'll just do this um and by the way this is this is stuff that works well for those that know my my general approach to fitness or the lifestyle of this is the eho strategy every hour on the hour just do at least a minute of something that gets you mobile. Uh, and it can be uh, a deep sumo squat. It could be any type of squat. It could be a hang. It could be a plank, a downward dog, you know, a variety of drills, single leg balance. Uh, but, you know, this is something that you could do like, you know, 10 reps total, five reps per side of the, of the Shiko. And uh, just it, it's such a it, – it really is a full body stretch in many ways, but particularly for uh, hip mobility. And um, so that, that really uh, struck a chord for me. Uh, the discipline piece, you know, like I mentioned, they 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 sleep on the floor together, they live together, they eat together, they train together. They're in this stable, and uh, the coach is a little more. Uh, the coaching seems kind of hands off. Uh, it's a lot of watching, and, and it's funny too. Like in Asian cultures, there's very little sitting on chairs. Um, it, you know, they do a lot of sitting on the floor, or just deep, they rest in a deep squat. Uh, but you know. Uh, what struck me in terms of uh, being said in Japan is like it's a lot of sitting on the floor. They have little pads that they put on the floor where they sit. But, um, you know, I, I feel like it lends itself to also just uh, 
a culture that has just naturally more hip mobility because when you when you sit, especially on higher elevations, um, your your hips get tight. You know, when you sit on the floor, actually sitting on your sit bones, your pelvis, you're naturally stretching um, your hip muscles, particularly the groin, uh, the hamstrings. So, um, you know, it just it, it it the positions you find yourself resting and working in, um, you know, throughout the day tend to be the have such a huge impact on the way your body feels and moves. So, uh, you know, that's something that struck a chord as well. Just, you know, doing more, uh, just watching TV on the floor, start doing that, you know, um, mix between a straddle, uh, legs crossed. I do a lot of mixing of sitting on a higher and a lower medicine ball. The Dynamax balls are great for that, uh, to kind of mix things up that way. And I'll watch like, uh, NBA games, uh, kind of just fucking around on, on variety of those levels too. uh, floor, low med ball, higher med ball. Um, and it's made a big difference in terms of just how my joints feel at rest or how mobile I am cold, if you will, not warming up. Um, so that, that struck me as well. And, uh, it's just, it's, it's a really cool, uh, look into this world that at least Western culture doesn't know much about. Again, we knew Yokozuna, you know, like the wrestler, we didn't know all about, uh, how this stuff goes. And so I was really kind of blown away by it. It was beautifully done. Uh, big cliffhanger at the end, uh, no spoiler alerts, but you know, the, um, it's just, and then, by the way, there's some kind of over the top, uh, moments or maybe some overly one dimensional, uh, character arcs in some ways. Uh, but again, like for me, I love to, I love to watch, you know, different styles of training, different disciplines that kind of motivate me. What can I take to apply to my own, uh, discipline with fitness? You know, uh, what can I learn to make myself better that I can pass along to you? Uh, in particular, our members at the daily So, and the cool thing is we'll be, we'll be playing with, you know, uh, the slam boards a lot in this too. I've been doing a lot of, uh, you know, heel elevated sumo work. Cause again, what that'll do is it allows you to get a bigger stretch, into the hips and the knees, uh, so that when you go flat on the floor, you're, you're able to get lower than you would otherwise. And even some kind of toes elevated work, uh, where, where actually will we'll kind of put your ankles into immediate stretch, but also, you know, the hamstrings as well. Um, you know, we'll be playing around with some, uh, you know, sumo, uh, toes elevated sumo deadlifting as well with a wide stance to really help increase mobility and, and, and the adductors, the ankles, but also more resilience to the lower back, the whole posterior chain or backside of the body. And the other thing too, which again, you work on as a lineman, we used to sometimes go through these shoots uh, where you have to, again, a lot of it is just either um, you know driving out of your stance and staying low against uh, something you're pushing because you have that, uh, that resistance that where you can full lean your body weight as if doing a sled. But we also did a ton of seven-man sled, uh, which was just like, honest to God, like, some of the uh, sprints are terrible, but there's just something different about continuous sled work, driving that sled up and down the field. Uh, <laughs> I mean, man, like few things will test you. And again, when I say discipline, discipline is not just like practice. It's also just like the discipline to get down there. Like, cause your lower body muscles are different than your upper body muscles. They have a, a better mix of fast and slow twitch fibers or anaerobic and aerobic fibers, or, you know, um, power strength versus stamina endurance fibers. So it really is just like how long will your mind allow you to stay down in a deep squat? I'll never forget my first as a freshman going into Amherst college and we had our 
first uh, defensive line meeting with our D-line coach the day before we were about to do our testing and kind of start the whole preseason process in August before any other students are on campus. And uh, he made us, like, it felt like we were in in a lineman stance for three fucking hours. Uh, And we went from like 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. And I woke up the next day to test for the the 300-yard shuttle, the bench press, the squat, vertical jump, all these things. And I was so sore. But I remember um, not only wanting to quit that whole first night just because, you know, like we're all in the stance. And, and like you don't want to be the guy to quit. And the coach is just like telling these shitty dad jokes, um, talking shit. And, um, you know, testing us, uh, mentally testing us, you know, fucking with us, but trying to see who was going to quit. I definitely wanted to quit. I thought about quitting. I thought about when I, when I, the alarm got off to get up, I was like, you know, this isn't, for, I was thinking, is this for me? Um, I ended up going through it and I'm glad I did, even though there were a lot of injuries that came through it, but, um, you know, it just, it's this mental and physical test. How resilient are you? How much pain or discomfort can you tolerate? And, you know, um, I, w- I wish I would have had like, you know, now I know the importance of, you know, deep diaphragmatic breathing and, uh, I, I know it can get you in this kind of flow state. So, you know, I, 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 it wouldn't be such like a fight or flight situation for me anymore. I could, I could focus on my breath and get into uh that kind of Zen meditative state to get through it without so much discomfort or pain, you know? Um, cause again, the mind can allow you to go much further than your body otherwise would allow, uh, just off of just pure physicality. And so, you know, I'm a big advocate of, of starting or finishing workouts with five or 10 minutes of, of alternating step-ups or lunges, um, but also just deep squat holds for extended times. So and you can start with 30 to 60 seconds. You know, you can then progress to do one or two minutes. You can build to five or 10 straight minutes, rest pausing as needed. But, um, you know, that's just something like, uh, it's just an amazing workout. And again, it's a type of workout that um, it's safe, uh, very easy on the knees, especially if you're, you're using progression. Um but the result of the workout is increased mobility where, you know, uh, loaded squatting style workouts tend to just make you so tight. Um, and you got to, you just end up getting a lot of back and knee pain from it. So that really stood out too. Um, and, uh, you know, whether it's a lineman stance or a sumo stance, again, there's similarities, there's differences based on whether you're going to be flat foot on the toes, toes out versus toes forward. You know, uh, that's the one thing too about a wider stance, uh, you tend to have, um, you know, a wider stance gives you more stability. Uh, you lose a little speed on it in terms of if you're trying to like get it as far forward as possible. But uh, if your stance is too narrow, uh, you can very easily, uh, you know, fall to the side or be pushed off balance or lose your balance pushing someone based on whether you're offensive or defensive line. But uh, another drill they do a lot too, and, and we're, we'll be working into in our, uh, I believe, our July programming for Express and Gorilla Corn Gains is uh, sumo walks or, uh, you know, you could call them lineman walks where you, you get down, you stay low and you, uh, you move forward, uh, deliberately. And, and obviously you always want to start slow so you can own the movement, feel it, um, and not rush through it, but you can add speed to it. And they were even, they were even doing it like holding a dumbbell in a goblet position uphill. Um, that, that kind of blew my mind. Uh, one thing that also just uh, as a side note to more upper body style stuff, uh, in the uh, in the Encho stable, where the main character is trying to rise up, he has a. At the time, there he was the top sumo wrestler in that stable, and he gave the tip to this guy 
you're only as strong as your pinky. So he was doing a lot of like pinky push-ups, pinky hangs or pull-ups uh, in terms of like the grip on the belts, uh, the underwear kind of belts they, they wear. God, I got to figure out what that is. I apologize. But um, I guess pinky training is also really big to work on, at least in terms of the way the show shows it. But, um, you know, it, it's something that um, I wanted to share with you guys and gals because, you know, I like to take... Uh, I like to learn from different cultures. I like to uh, study different disciplines. And I know, I just know being a fitness expert and, and training people, you know, hundreds, uh, hundreds directly through our membership site, thousands, uh, you know, throughout the years, uh, especially with Men's Health when I was on a really big platform. And then, you know, reaching millions over the years on the variety of platforms. Um, this is something that can really transform your overall health and fitness and performance. And it's a simple, like, I love one move, uh, single move workouts or single move focus, like building up to doing an hour of lunges from a minute, which I will share in my future book, training manual, the ultimate lunge guide. Um, you know, being able to go and squat or squat hold for five to 10 straight minutes, you know, um, one of the, uh, all time like bodybuilders known for his legs was, uh, oh, how am I forgetting his name? Unbelievable. I'm sorry, I forget his name, but basically he would he would set up 225 pounds on the bar. That's 245 plates on each side, 45 pound bar, and he would squat that for like 10 to 20 minutes nonstop. You know, um, high volume training is really like uh, the best way to get insane lower body development. Because again, it, it's one thing to be able to just explode for a three to five second burst and move someone, but to be able to fight and maintain that strength for time, um, you know, because when you can develop stamina endurance in your legs, there's really nothing your legs can't do because uh, building strong legs is easy. Being, being able to have the mental fortitude to get through uh, really difficult leg exercises or workouts, especially for time, extended durations, um, it's next level. And I, I know what, what that type of stuff has done to my lower body over the years. And again, it really fortifies your connective tissues as long as you don't do too much too fast. Like I said, I started at a minute. Uh, I couldn't even do a bodyweight lunge without pain at the time. And then uh, I started just a minute of alternating lunges, step-ups. And then I would add a minute um, every week or so based on how the pain was or how the swelling was. And I just kept building up and uh, completely changed the game for me. But lots of sumo exercises coming uh, for really good lower body mobility, particularly for the hips uh, and our future programming. I want you to take the time just to Google Shiko Sumo and see some of these movements in action and just mimic and, and, and just kind of start working into your daily mobility, active recovery work uh, if you're not a member of the site. And uh, watch this series because I think it'll just, uh, it's inspiring, it's motivating, it makes you want to go and get ready for the next workout. I, I love to watch motivational content and I, I'm sure you'll learn a lot more about uh, one of the uh, most uh, rich and ancient cultures on the face of the planet. Um, you know, the I, I just, I love the meditative Zen focus of it. And, and you know what? There's not, there's no bullshitting. Like, you know, um, it's not, it's not like WWE, WWF, right. Or, or even American football or those types of things with a lot of screaming and, uh, flashiness or taunting. It's really just like, um, there's a lot of calm, but just incredible amounts of strength, power, mobility expressed, um, in this, this practice, this art form. So sanctuary on Netflix, Members of the dailybeja.com, stay tuned for uh, some awesome sumo exercises. Uh, and again, using the slant boards that we use will be incredible too. Um, I think this will really help uh, 
you know, the overall fitness piece. But again, the most important thing isn't working out, training. It's mobility, daily mobility practice, because that's what allows you to do more uh, to, to not to avoid injuries, uh, to stay mobile and active on your feet as you get older, and then enjoy recreational activities. You know, play, play with the kids, the, the, the dogs. You know, um, hikes, uh, doing activities uh, on vacation on the ocean, uh, whatever. You know, um, if you're in pain, man, life sucks. If you are in pain, life sucks. And, and in particular, the back and the knees will, will limit you in a way that uh, makes, as someone who's went through it, uh, you know, it, it makes life hell. And uh, so, you know, daily deep squat practice, uh, uh, mixing in, you know, closer and wider stances, of course, but uh, the sumo style in particular, like if you identify the adductors or groin as a limiting factor uh, you and you have back pain, it's it's likely a big part of that. So, you know, doing more uh, watching TV or even working while sitting uh, with the legs uh, in a straddle position is a great practice. Um, they even kind of work on uh, where they pancake or uh, they're so flexible with that straddle stretch seated, they can get their, their big bodies, their, their trunks actually resting on the floor while doing it with their legs all the way out to the side. It just blows my mind. But uh, their particular Shiko practice of uh, squatting down, lifting the leg and stomping and then switching sides, um, you know, is also incredible. Like you'll feel as you lift the leg sometimes uh, a pelvic adjustment. Uh, so start working that in, watch that series, get some motivation. It's a fun watch. Um, and uh, I think you'll enjoy it. Hopefully you enjoyed this episode. A five-star rating review is much appreciated. Lots more episodes to come. And, I, you know, I like to share whenever I can uh, cool TV shows or movies content that I'm watching that resonates, especially when it, when it applies to fitness or sometimes when it doesn't. My wife and I will soon be doing um, a podcast on Succession, the incredible HBO series uh, that just finished. Uh, but just wanted to get this one to you now because there are so many direct uh, fitness applications. And again, those that are members of the dailybeacher.com, uh, you always get uh, the late, my latest and greatest stuff first. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. So uh, check it out. And again, if you haven't uh, gotten the ultimate push-up guide on Amazon as a Kindle or paperback, please be sure to check it out. Um, the best push-up resource on the planet. Uh, if there's, you know, the, the, I guess if there's two or three things to start working on, like single moves, you know, I would say, um, yeah, again, I, I love the lunge and the step up, but you know, the squat, uh, just squat mobility in general is a great one as well. Obviously, you know, I'm a huge fan of the hang, but the push up is one of those movements too that, that, you know, much like the squat, uh, it is full body. It, it translates so well to just daily functional work and, uh, it requires no equipment, you know, to, uh, or minimal equipment if you want to add in some variation or, uh, different training angles, whether it's slant boards or whatever else, but, um, such a good practice. And, uh, one of the workouts we have coming for July express is a mix of kind of down dog and, and, and just various squat mobility sequences. Cause, uh, as we kind of move into, um, you know, what the way I have set up at least 2023 is we have two unique five month waves. Uh, and then there's a mid year review where we review all of the workouts from, um, January through May, and then, you know, June, we do the mid-year review. You repeat all the workouts, actually see progress from the beginning of the year with some built-in recovery as you go to some, quote-unquote, easier workouts because, again, they get progressively harder each month. And then we go uh, July through November in the second five-month wave. Um, and, and by wave, I mean we start uh, not necessarily uh, with, quote-unquote, just the basics, but we start with 
um, a lower intensity, um, you know, and we kind of progress to more intense variations or, uh, whether it be, uh, you know, moving from more endurance to more strength, power, et cetera. But, uh, then we finish after November for July through November, we have then an end of year review. Uh, so if you aren't a member, a good, good time to jump in, uh, would be in, uh, June. Um, because you get to kind of review all the routines in the first half of the year. And then we kind of, again, I, I still bridge the gap and connect the dots and we'll have a, a slightly more mobility focus in the July workouts, uh, kind of like we did in J- in January, the beginning of the year, but, uh, at a way further level than we did in January, so to speak. Um, so, uh, but that one mobility workouts, uh, kind of stands out because man, you just feel so good when you're done. And there's a lot of good mental and physical work there. Uh, but, you know, again, you just walk away just feeling so mobile and just confident in your mechanics. And, uh, you know, it, it, those are my favorite type of workouts, especially as I've gotten older, because you just feel good and it doesn't take away the next day. All right, guys, uh, subscribe so you never miss an episode. And uh, hope you enjoyed this one. Check out Sanctuary on Netflix and start doing your Shiko sumo practice today. Peace.